Hello and welcome to Booking with Bryce, brought to you by Zerbooks. As always, I'm Bryce Barnes with producer Viscar Totemacher in the booth. Guten Tag. Today's episode is part one, or whatever, of It's All an Illusion, where we explore the children's Bible stories to give a better idea of all those wacky illusions that you find throughout most of American literature. Um, the version that we're using is the children's Bible in 365 stories. It looks like it's by Mary Bachelor, which I think is funny because I'm sure that's not how you say her name, but she's a Mary Bachelor compiling children's Bible stories. Um, I don't know. Whatever. Um, if you can't tell, this is kind of uh, how all this is going to go. I'm going to read stuff and probably comment on it and make mistakes. And you know what? You're going to listen to it or you're not. And that's cool. So anyway, the Old Testament. The word testament means an agreement or covenant. Look those up if you have to. The Old Testament tells the story of God's covenant with Abraham and his family who became God's special people. Men and women had turned away from God and spoiled the perfect world he had made, so God taught his people all about himself. He promised to care for them, and they agreed to keep his laws. They often failed, but God stayed true to his covenant. So, part one, the story of creation. God makes the world. Genesis 1. Long ago, before time began, our world was dark and desolate. Then God began to create order and beauty. First he commanded the light to break into darkness, and there was light. Next, he ordered the raging oceans to go back, so the dry land appeared. But the land was empty and silent, except for the lapping of the waves and the sigh of the wind. So God commanded the earth to produce trees and plants. How lovely the first green leaves and bright flowers looked. Then high above in the lofty skies that he had made, God commanded the sun to shine in the day and the moon to give a gentler light by night. He created the stars to twinkle in the velvety darkness. Still the sky and sea were silent and empty, so God made creatures to swim and to play in the ocean, from the tiniest fish to the largest whale. He made birds to sing sweetly as they flew among the trees. It was a beautiful world, and God saw how good it was. But the land was still empty, so God made the animals. He created small furry creatures and huge strong beasts as well. The woods and the forests, the fields and the plains, came alive with the animals that God had made. God told all the fishes and birds and animals to bear young, to grow in number, so that his whole world could be full and busy and content. Busy and content. Interesting. God looked at all that he had made and said, It is very good. Boy, that's my God voice. I'm, i got to work on this. <clears throat> two. God makes people. Genesis 1-2. God looked with gladness at the vast universe and the beautiful world that he had made, but he knew that he had still to make the most wonderful part of his creation. Now I will make human beings, God said. They will have minds to think and know and love me, and I will put them in charge of this world to keep it in order. <laughs> Sucker. First God made the man called Adam. But even with all the animals to care for and play with, Adam was lonely, so God made the woman, Eve, to be his wife, so that they could plan and talk and laugh and love together. God blessed them both and told them to enjoy everything in the world that he had made. They were to have children to help them in the task that God had given them, but although they were in charge of the world, they must always obey God. He loved them and knew what was best for them. They would be happy as long as they did as he told them. God gave Adam and Eve a beautiful garden to live in. There were trees laden with ripe fruit for them to eat. Pick the fruit and eat it freely, God told them, but do not eat the fruit from that one tree in the middle of the garden. That is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat the fruit from that tree, you will die. Hmm. 
wonder what's going to happen. God brought all the animals and birds to Adam so that he could give them names. Adam and Eve talked to the animals and played with them, and they did just as Adam and Eve told them. Adam and Eve looked after the garden for God. They took good care of all the plants and trees. In the evening, when it was cool, God came to talk to them. But only when it was cool to talk to them. You know, he didn't want to do it when other people were around or something like that. Okay, fine. Temperature-wise, when it was cool. But you knew that. Denotation, connotation, that kind of mumbo-jumbo. They would all walk up and down, sharing all that had happened until darkness fell to end another perfect day. Creation spoiled. Three. The tempting fruit. Genesis 3. Nothing could spoil the happiness of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, or so it seemed. But there was one person who was plotting to spoil all that God had made. He was Satan, the enemy of God, who hated all that was good and lovely. One day, the snake, who was the most cunning of all the creatures in the garden, whispered to Eve, Did God really say that you must not eat any of the fruit from these lovely trees? Of course not, Eve replied. We can eat all the fruit we want, except for just that one tree over there. God says we must not eat that fruit, for if we do, we shall die. That's not true, the snake said softly. God knows that if you eat that fruit, you will be as wise and clever as he is. That is why he has told you not to. Eve looked with new eyes at the luscious fruit that hung in clusters from the forbidden tree. Ooh, that word luscious in there just makes it fabulous. How lovely it looked. She imagined how good it would taste. Then she thought how wonderful it would be to become as wise as the snake had promised. Then, her mind made up, she quickly picked one of the tempting fruits, bit into it, and handed it to Adam to try too. But instead of feeling clever and wise, they both felt miserable and ashamed. They had disobeyed the wise and loving God, who was their creator and their friend. It's kind of interesting. Like, why doesn't God just put, like, one of them child caps on the trees? It's not like, you know, as parents, you leave your pills hanging around and tell your kids, don't eat these pills that look like M&Ms, and trust the children to do the right thing. I mean, duh. When evening came, they did not hurry out to meet God. They were ashamed because they had disobeyed him. They picked some large leaves to try and cover their bodies, and then hid silently in the bushes. Every other evening, they had eagerly waited for God's loving call. Now they listened in fear for the well-known sound of God's voice. At last they heard him. Where are you, Adam? God called. With downcast eyes, they crept out to meet the God they no longer wanted to see. Oof. Paradise Lost. 4. Genesis. Adam and Eve came slowly out to meet God. He looked long and sadly at the guilty pair. Why were you hiding, he asked them. I was afraid to see you because I'm naked, Adam stammered. Who told you that, God asked. Have you eaten the fruit from the tree that gives knowledge of what is good and what is evil? It was not my fault, Adam said. Eve persuaded me. It was not my fault, Eve said. The snake tricked me into eating it. God spoke to each of them in turn. He explained that by disobeying him, they had spoiled his lovely world. Now weeds and thorns would spring up among the crops and flowers. Work would become hard and wearisome. There was something even sadder to follow. You can no longer stay in this garden, God said. We have walked and talked here together, but now you have chosen to do what you want, and that means you have chosen to go away from me. Now you must go out into the world and make your own way, and when you are old, you will die. With heavy hearts, Adam and Eve left the beautiful Garden of Eden. God's messengers, with swords of flame, guarded the gates of the paradise that man had lost, so it seemed, forever. Cain and Abel, the two brothers, Genesis 4. 
Two sons were born to Adam and Eve after they had been banished from the Garden of Eden. The boys grew up, and Cain, the older one, became a farmer, growing crops. Abel, the younger brother, became a shepherd. One day, the two young men decided to bring presents to offer to God. Cain brought a sheaf of ripe golden corn, gleaned from his harvest field. Abel's present was a newborn lamb, chosen from his flock. God looked at the fine offerings they had brought, and then he looked at the two brothers themselves. He saw the kind of people they were. He knew that Abel loved and trusted him, so he accepted Abel and his gift. But God refused Cain's present. He could not accept Cain because he was cold and proud and self-willed. Cain was furious. He scowled angrily and turned on his heel to leave God's presence. Before he could go right away, God spoke to him. Why are you so angry, Cain? He asked. If you had done right, you would be happy now. You should have accepted your present. But evil is like a wild animal. It is crouching close, waiting to spring at you, overpower you, and you must fight against it. But Cain did not want to listen to God or to take any notice of his warning. Sullen and hot with anger, he strode back to his fields. He hated Abel because he was good and because God was pleased with him. 6. The First Murder. Genesis 4. God was pleased with Abel, but he had refused Cain's gift. Cain was furiously jealous of his brother, and the sight of Abel's happy face only made him angrier. He determined to get even with him somehow. Let's go for a walk in the fields, he called to Abel one day. All right, Abel replied readily. Perhaps, after all, his brother wanted to be friends with him again. As they walked together through the peaceful countryside, Cain's anger burned more and more fiercely against the brother who had done him no wrong. With sudden hot hatred, Cain turned on the unsuspecting Abel and killed him with a single violent blow. It was all over in a moment. Without a backward look, Cain walked quickly away. Then God spoke to Cain. Where's your brother? he asked. Cain's heart missed a beat, but he answered casually. How should I know? Am I supposed to look after him all the time? It's kind of like this is where you get that idea of, are you your brother's keeper? You know, do you have to look out for your siblings and things like that? Cain, why have you done such a terrible thing? God said sadly. Then Cain realized that God had seen all that had happened and knew about the hatred and jealousy in his heart. Your brother's blood cries out for justice, God told Cain, and this will be your punishment. The earth will no longer grow fine crops for you. You will become a homeless wanderer for the rest of your life. My punishment is too great to bear, Cain cried out. Those who find out what I have done will kill me. I will protect you, God said. You will not be killed. What other people are there? I wonder if that'll get cleared up later, because so far as I know, there's only Adam and Eve, and Cain and Abel are their two kids, unless Adam and Eve had a bunt load more kids. So Cain went away from his farm and from his home. Worse still, he went away from God. He had been too proud to listen to God's warning. He had chosen to hate Abel and to murder him instead of loving his brother and being happy with him. Well, since it sounds like Viscar is doing something weird in the booth, um, we'll go ahead and stop there for now, and we'll pick it up next time, starting with the story of Noah and his magic ark. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been It's All an Illusion. I'm Bryce Barnes, representing Zer Books. Thanks for listening. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do